economically. Yeah. Uh, it was diverse in language. Yeah. Uh, you know, culturally, there was a lot of layers of diversity, even in the early church. Right. Uh, and so it's not a kind of a novel new idea. Right. Uh, like some would kind of, kind of misrepresent it to be. So. Right. I think sometimes too, like people will throw out those type of uh, excuses. Um, about, oh, that's just a trendy thing. That's just a fad. Yeah. And I really think it's just an excuse to not put in the work. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Multi-Ethnic Gospel Approach Podcast, where we cover all things multi-ethnic. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Marcel. I am the worship pastor at Three Circle Church Midtown. I'm also the student pastor there. Um, I happen to be a producer and creator and all that good stuff. And so, um, yeah, this is the Mega Podcast. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things to include creative approaches to multi-eth- multi-ethnic ministry, um, as well as some other great topics. And beside me, I got my man, the man, <laughs> Sir Gaston. If you can introduce yourself, tell the people who you are. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I'm Micah Gaston. I'm the campus pastor with Marcel at Three Circle Church Midtown. Uh, so I am not uh, a lot of those things. Uh, I did have a visual art major, so I do some visual art uh, back in the day. But uh, uh, we're kind of doing this multi-ethnic thing, guys calls to at Midtown. And so uh, been together as a team now for a year and... Year and a half, a little over a year and a half. A little over a year and a half. Yeah. And then uh, I've been the campus pastor there for five years in April, so... Um, but yeah, we're just learning this process. We're glad to have you all along for the ride. Hopefully it's going to be beneficial and fun at the same time. So. Yes, sir. Glad to be there. That's for sure. Sweet, man. So we got some, uh, some stuff coming up and, um, just kind of wanted to talk about, um, this topic, man, is the multi-ethnic church, a new idea. Pastor Michael, what you got to say about that? Yeah, so I think sometimes when you talk to people about the multi-ethnic church, it's almost like, yeah, that's a fad. I mean, it's mm. like, you know, oh, yeah, people want to plant, you know, urban, multi-ethnic. That's like the new the new trend in church planting. Yeah. Uh, and although I do think that it definitely is trending, um, I don't think uh, when you look at the New Testament that it is trendy. In other words, I don't mm. think it's something that um, that is a, an idea that's new, first of all. Uh, and really, I, I think you see it very deeply rooted in even the foundations of the early church. Uh, and so I think we can see several examples of that. Uh, and so um, you see it uh, just very early on in, in, in the church movement. And so you start with the church. The epicenter is, uh, is Jerusalem. So Acts 3, you know, 17 different people around the crucifixion of Jesus hear the gospel, respond. Yeah. 17 different people groups. Yeah. Um, but persecution arises, and by the time you get to with the stoning of Stephen and other events, you get to Acts chapter 13, and by the time you get there, in Acts chapter 13, it lays out the elders of this church at Antioch, mm-hmm. which becomes the new center of the early church movement, uh, and it names the elders there, and you have a diverse uh, grouping of people, even ethnic, uh, ethnicity yeah. is diverse when it yeah. names them there. Uh, you know, Culturally and, and geographically, there's diversity there. Come on. Uh, and so the early church movement was a diverse movement, and yeah. I don't just mean diverse ethnically right. um you know racially but it was it was diverse you know economically yeah uh it was diverse in language yeah uh you know culturally there was a lot of layers of diversity even in the early church right uh and so it's not a kind of a novel new idea right uh like some would kind of would kind of misrepresent it to be so right i think sometimes too like people will throw out those type of uh excuses 
um, about, oh, that's just a trendy thing. That's just a fad. Yeah. And I really think it's just an excuse to not put in the work, right? Sure. Because yeah. I think that we're in a generation and in a time where, you know, organic is like a bu buzzword. Yeah. Like, you know, we want everything to be super organic, but that means that you're not putting any work into it, you know, yeah. for some. Like, that's what that, it's a cop out to not have to put put in work because in order to do multi-ethnic ministry there is work that is attached to that For there's sure. a there's a level of intentionality that you have to have if you want to do it the right way yeah. and so that means that you're going to have to be uncomfortable that means that you're going to have to make uh some compromises uh some preferential compromises not gospel compromises but some preferential compromises things that you necessarily wouldn't do in yourself or you wouldn't um opt to do you know you may have to reconsider that and and decide or to decipher whether that's against the gospel or not because a lot yeah. of times our preferences don't don't necessarily um it's not a gospel issue is what i'm yeah, saying for sure you know what i mean and so i feel like people throw out those terms oh that's just a fad or whatever I ain't, i'm not jumping on that train you just don't want to jump on that train because you want to be lazy yeah and you just want to continue to do what you've been doing or what you've seen all your life yeah and so i think this is a great conversation to be had yeah for sure and i think people people often um you know for the sake of we 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 mistake the difference between um, theologically, like you said, it's not a gospel issue, between the theological um, roots that we cannot walk away from as yeah. a church yeah. uh, and cultural preferences of how we do church. And we mistake those um, for things that we, we, you know, like a line we can't cross. Mm. Just because we've been doing church this way for so long yeah. and it makes sense to those that are already coming. Right. Um, we just feel like we need to keep doing those things to appease those that are there right. rather than to have that, that theological, you know, conviction, uh, and that missional drive to say, do we exist for those that are already coming or yeah. do we exist for those that are not yet here? Right. Um, and so, you know, having that, that willingness to say, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. Like you said, cause it's easy to yeah. kind of keep doing, you know, it's always easier to keep a ball rolling downhill yeah. and get momentum going a different direction. Come on, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, and so particularly if you're stepping into, you know, multi, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry, uh, which I think is another layer we can dive into, yeah, you know, for sure. if you want to go that direction for a minute. For sure. Um, so when you look at the new Testament, not only do you have that, the new epicenter for the church by Antioch, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, in a multi-ethnic leadership team. Yeah. You also have, you look to the church at Philippi. Uh, right. and so you had the first, you know, a few converts there and there's diversity in even, you know, in that, how that church is planted. Yeah. And so if you look at the first few believers there in Philippi, you have the Philippian jailer. Mm -hmm. So if you remember this story, there's Paul and Silas, yeah. uh, and they're there in jail. They're having oh, a little man. worship session. Mm -hmm. I'm sure probably you said that from stage a time or two, you know right? What I'm saying? Probably, yeah. you know, turn, turn a prison into yeah, a prison room or something like that. I have no you know? idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, so, you know, the moment there, right there, they're, they're praising Jesus, even though they're incarcerated, you know, for preaching the gospel, the doors to their jail, jail cells come open and, uh, and you know, the, the jailer's ready to take his own life because he feels like he's going to be held accountable for mm -hmm. their escape, but nobody escapes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through that, if you read the story, you know, um, basically he and his family believe, uh, he takes them to his house, you know, um, takes care of their wounds and they preach the gospel to him. And he believes. Yeah. So that's the first convert. Then you also have this, uh, and some of these we don't even know their names. We don't know his name. Mm -hmm. There's also a slave girl there. We don't know her name. Yeah. No, she was demon-possessed. She's following the apostles around, basically declaring, like a herald for them, declaring who they are. Mm. Um, finally, they just kind of get you know fed up with it, uh, cast out the demon, So um, and, uh, and she believes. So there's, yeah. your, there's your second convert. And then you have a lady named Lydia. Uh, who is a, you know, for modern day, you know, kind of equivalents, uh, is a wealthy, you know, clothing designer right. for that day. And so you've got layers of diversity there. You've got yeah. law enforcement, 
you've got a slave right. and you've got a prominent Roman citizen. Right. Uh, and so you, you've got layers of diversity there, you know, economically, socially, yeah, for sure. you know, in that first church. Uh, and so, and you just kind of, as you keep looking at the different examples of the church in the New Testament, I just think more and more as you read it, you know, with that, with that lens and understanding, yeah. you know, that you, you just see more and more that, you know, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, you know, multi-class, it's not a new thing for the church. Actually, it's the roots. It's the sure. identity of the church that That's Jesus good. calls people from no matter what their their story is, yeah. whether it's the color of their skin or what they make or, yeah. or, or what, however we define those things. That's good. Man. He brings together diverse people to worship Jesus yeah. you know, in a city that can come together in a church. That's good. I think we, sh- we should all be working toward that goal. You know, just kind of looking at where the church is going, you know, where our country is, you know, currently, but also where our country is going um, just, you know, demographically. You know, we have to think outside of the boxes that we've been in for so long. You know, how can we do church? How can we do ministry um, that will, you know, incorporate everybody, but also, you know, that will um, kind of include all different cultures, you know, um, or at least the cultures that your church is surrounded by. You know what I mean, and so I think Ephraim uh, uh, Ephraim Smith came to our church, and he said, "You know, hey, if your if your church uh, is in the middle of a black community, you should have the healthiest black church, you know, in the area. You know, if your if your church is in an all white community, then you should have the healthiest white, you know, uh, church context, you know, in that area. Um, but if you are in the middle of a multi ethnic community, then you should have the healthiest multi-ethnic community. In other words, you know, we're going to reach who God has, uh, reach the people who God has placed us around, but we have to do that to the best of our ability. And a lot of times I don't, um, I've begin to see that we, um, as a church at large, don't do very well with, um, having things in place for all the people that, you know, we are around that God put us around to reach. And so I feel like at, Mo- at Midtown, we've done a really good job, um, of, of, identifying those different areas that we need to address and different things we need to implement. And, you know, we've got some really good footing on things that we're implementing at our campus and in our community, you know, as far as how we reach our community, the style of music that we do in our worship time, the even, you know, different elements of hosting that we have throughout our, uh, our, gatherings you know from sunday to sunday so just different elements that we've put in place to just make it comfortable for you know all races all classes and all people to be a part of yeah and i think that i mean that that intentionality if we're loaded on the words i think is uh, is that main step for churches yeah because i think you know if if, because i totally agree with you that a healthy church is reflection of its mission field so how do you define that maybe your parish is your two to five mile i think Kind of we define it mostly in our two mile, but somewhat to our five mile. Yeah, uh, you know, is what we feel like is our mission field. Mm-hmm. So I think what churches have to ask is, how do we take our methodology and let it be shaped by reaching our mission field? That's good. Yeah. So in other words, you know, if you're in a community, maybe it is, you know, 80, 90 percent of one race. Yeah. So there's nothing negative about that. That's your mission field. That's your yeah, block. You know. For sure. Um, but but also, you know, there has to be a, a healthy dialogue with the leadership team mm. of of how do we reach the other 20 or how do we reach other 15 or, you know, and break that down based upon people groups. Like, are we only reaching upper class? Are we only reaching middle class or, 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 you know, are we we only reaching, you know, one color of skin, you know, or one cultural, you know, norm. Yeah. Uh, And so being able to say, what does it, what does it take for us? um, If we're really going to reach our mission field and not just a segment or strata of it, you know, how does that change how we do church? For sure. Um, sure. because I think it's very easy for us to fall into a default of what is, what is normal church, how we do mm-hmm. church rather yeah. than what is kind of missional block engaging 
yeah. like reaching as many people as we can for sure and all the area not for just sure. a certain group of people that would feel welcome in our church yeah that's good so i love that that jesus you know he he said he came for not only the jews but the jews and the gentiles yeah. and so like you know we have to make sure that as christians as people who are striving to be like christ that we're just not coming for the we're not doing ministry for the group of people that look like us yeah but we're doing ministry for the for the group of people that don't look like us you know that's as it. well yeah. You know, and we're loving our brothers and our neighbors well. Um, and that's a part of what we do, right? As Christians, yeah. like our job is to love people and how we love people as believers is that we do ministry for them. Like we serve them yeah. in a way that is palatable for them to receive the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I think Paul, Paul said it this way. He said, I become all things like, uh, you know, come a little bit like all things to all people in order that yeah. I might reach some. You yeah. know? And so that's Paul saying, I'm stepping out of my my cultural norms, my my cultural identity in some ways sure. to engage people that are different than me with the gospel. Yeah. Uh, and so I think, you know, that's that's an innovation driven by, you know, a gospel, you know, impact in our community that um, that can help us, you know, step outside of that that box of, oh, well, this is how we've always done things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, just kind of so we can give this thing some handles, you know, something to grab on. Like what are some practical things that kind of you you've had to think through being at midtown uh, at our midtown campus for five years now um what are some practical things that you had to put in place in order to be intentional about um you know multi-ethnic ministry what are some things that just kind of coming in from the ground up yeah. that you say you know what we got to change this we got to change this in order to move into the uh direction and change our methodology to fit to fit our mission field what are some things that you had to do yeah so uh I think it's a continuum, you know, okay. um, and so, uh, you know, we're here in the great state of, of Alabama. And so, you know, uh, the great theologian Nick Saban said, you know, the success <laughs> is a continuum, right? Uh, so I can say that just coming off a fresh national championship oh, right Lord. Alabama. I, I won't go too deep into that. Roll Tide. But uh, oh. so anyhow, um, yeah, Marcel. <laughs> There's the, the hot Florida, breath Florida, in Florida the Florida microphone. man coming out in you, right? You know, so, hey, I mean, the whole team is, is a bunch of Florida boys anyway. Hey, so, I mean, I'm not going to deny that. It is what it is. I'm not you know going to deny that. There are a lot of Florida boys on the team. Oh, Lord. I, uh, I bet all the Three Circle Church can come after me after they hear this. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, I think, I th so I say it's a continuum. So, I think we're always learning and asking what's next. Um, but I think some things that have been huge for us, yeah. you know, was uh, um, a few things. We, we'll, we'll go and have some opportunities later to dive more into these, like really unpack the nuts and bolts of these. Yeah. Um, so I think one thing was, um, I mean, if we were going to be a, a multi multi generational church, then we had to renew um, both who we were within the walls and who we were outside of the walls. Okay. Um, so who we were within the walls, we needed to renew some environments. And so, you know, our campus uh, as a church was planted originally in 1951. Um, and so uh, we wanted to, change the outside environment where people could see there's life there. Okay. So even bowling down to how we do Sunday mornings, rolling out coffee carts onto the street to serve the block. Mm -hmm. That means whether you come in or not, we're going to love you. We're going to yeah. give you a cup of coffee. We're going to give you donuts. We're going to play some, you know, Christian hip hop music. We're going to have some games and stuff out there, you know, trying to have some things. We're going to have a nice welcoming team outside to try to try to reinvigorate who we were the community yeah. and for people to see who we were that, you know, we, uh, we were growing in our diversity, you know, there earlier on, but weren't near as diverse as we wanted to be with neither with age nor with, with race and with just those different layers of all of what we felt like God was calling us yeah. to be. Um, but I feel like taking our welcome strategy from in the building to on the block was big. Yeah. 
uh, for people just seeing who we were, even down to the the signs hanging on the side of the building, all mm -hmm. classes, all races, all people, a place to call home. That's good. Uh, here, um, for when people pass by on that main thoroughfare, for them to see that, mm -hmm. even with aging, you know, older buildings that have kind of a 70s vibe, mm -hmm. for them <laughs> to see there's like a new thing going on here. That's good. Um, and, and, and missional engagement was a big part of that too, changing who yeah. we were in the block. Uh, and so down to Ransom Cafe, you know, doing a, uh, a food service once a week. It's a donation only, so it serves yeah. people in the context of their dignity sure. um, to where they're able to bring something to the relational table, whether it's an act of kindness or a small donation, but we're able to meet people in our community. And, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a non-Bible you know, study or worship environment just to be relationally focused. Yeah. So the meal's part of it, and sure. it means something to families that need a hot meal. But even bigger than that, than that, it's the relational component of us knowing people in our community, knowing what their needs are. I mean, really, it serves as a front door also to people that need help, you know, not just a meal, but, you know, and for us just to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, so I think we've had, you know, eight, ten people over the past two years who've been in operation that have come to faith through that. Um, and, and then we've, you know, we've given tens of thousands of meals out, you know, um, particularly during the pandemic, we ramped all that up. So, mm -hmm. so I think changing the way we did Sunday morning to be more of a block engaging church and not just, you know, you come in, then you get welcomed. I think throughout the week, having that regular, you know, missional relational involvement, like Ransom Cafe was huge. I think another part, and I know we're going to dig into this later, um, was our team being diverse, yeah. you know? And so it's one thing for me as, you know, you know, white, you know, 30 something, you know, young pastor up there um, to talk about diversity, to talk mm -hmm. about the New Testament precedent for the multi-ethnic church, right. to talk about the gospel vision for all classes, all races, all people. Um, but yet if our team is not diverse, mm -hmm. in other words, the, the people that, that are helping make decisions to shape the future of the campus, yeah. if that team's not diverse generationally, yeah. ethnically, culturally, right. then it's, at some point we lose, you know, the, the validity yeah. of what we're saying. If we don't start to to let those that are helping make the decisions, for sure, you know, really have power to help us shape the direction of the campus. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and so, really, you know, beginning to to hire own people to help us shape the next steps for our campus. Yeah, it's really big. Um, and I'm sure there's more things, you know, that we could we could talk about. They are definitely changed with us being, you know, multi-class and thinking about people that come with different education levels, you know, yeah. we, uh, you know, I've changed the translation I teach from, you know, I try to, I try to never throw out theological lingo without definition. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that of trying to, trying to really take my teaching and make it very, um, to where I go top shelf with some, you know, definitely not to, not to lessen the For intellectual sure. engagement of teaching. Yeah. Yet, while also at the same time trying to limit the Christianese that can be used, right? That if right. people don't have any, you know, Bible background, yeah, um, it's not going to be like they walked into, you know, uh, uh, learning another language. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it was uh, Einstein who said, "Hey, if you can't simply explain something, you simply don't understand." Yeah, it. right. So you know that that alone, like, just kind of helped me communicate better too. You know, yeah. so I get it. You know, trying to communicate to different audiences, different people from different backgrounds. Yeah. You know, and and to be quite frank. You know, a lot of broken people, you yeah. know, who, uh, who who didn't finish, you know, middle school, you know, or, you know, can't read or write or whatever have you. So, you know, you have to make the language palatable for everybody to be able to grab a hold on um, and grab a hold to. And so I think this has just been an overall great conversation. Is there anything else that we kind of want to just kind of lay out there before we before we end this particular? Yeah, I, I think the only other thing I would snap on to uh, what we've talked about uh particularly if you're going to kind of say this first podcast is laying the groundwork for yeah. you know, the multi-ethnic church and that it's not a new and novel idea, but it really was the norm for the church in the first yeah. century. Um, 
I think you have to say that that, that God very clearly uh, and explicitly explicitly confronts uh, mm. the sin of racism uh, and confronts the need uh, for the church to be in. Uh, and every people movement because God is an every people kind of God. That's good. Uh, and so, so I'll give you one of the two two of the really big things that stick out to me, kind of big stories. Uh, and so you have Peter, uh, who was confronted by none less than Jesus himself mm-hmm. uh, with a vision on a rooftop. You know where he has all these vision of these unclean things. You know, and Jesus has to hit him with that vision several times where he keeps saying, no, I'm not going to take and eat of this, even though he keeps hearing Jesus, take and eat, take and eat these unclean things. He says, I've never taken any of these unclean things as a proper Jew. Mm. And Jesus says, do not call anything unclean, which I make clean. Come on. Uh, and so on the, on the end of that, the heels of that, he goes and preaches the gospel to this guy named Cornelius. Yeah. And he sees Gentiles place their faith in Jesus, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like he saw earlier uh, for Jews, and so he needs to he needs to see that yeah. that, that that the church is a multi ethnic movement, and so but still you have others even like Paul confronting Peter, uh, and like Galatians chapter two where he says to Peter by the fact that he used to eat with non Jews, and then when these Jewish people came that he knew he stopped doing that. Yeah, Paul doesn't say that's a bad practice. You stop doing that. He says this to Peter. He says you're out of step with the gospel. Hmm. So in our churches when we're not seeking to engage issues of race, it's a gospel issue. Come on. It's not simply a matter of preference or practice. Say yeah. gospel issue. Jesus confronted Peter with it, and Paul confronted Peter with it. Yeah. Like, And he's not the only one. We've all got race issues, right? But the point is that the multi-ethnic movement uh, was the norm for the church and that, that Jesus dealt with it within the apostles, and the apostles had to deal with one another about yeah. it, saying— this is God's calling for the church. Yeah, this is not simply our preference or or ideas about the church. This is right. God's. Jesus shed His blood for this thing for all right. nations and all people. Right. That's um, so good. That's so good. So I just want to say this. So you know, this mega podcast, this multi ethnic gospel approach, it's not a new thing, though it is. It's it's very new podcast. <laughs> um, it's a continuation of the gospel. Amen, amen. And so and so, I hope you guys continue to tune in, man. We're excited about this thing. And uh, Micah, man, you're the man. I just wanted to say that on camera. You know, on, he's only saying that because we're not podcast. singing. If we were singing, you know, it may be a different story. But you, well, I mean, to God be the glory. Okay, yeah, you know, that's my very churchy response. To that. <laughs> <laughs> it was churchy, but I like it. Hey, man, you know what I'm saying? It's the truth, anyhow. Ain't nobody mad but the devil. That's right. You know what I mean? Cool. All right. Well, we'll catch you on the next go round. That's right. See y'all next time.